morning, good afternoon, good evening, good whatever time it is, wherever you are, welcome to Living Truthfully, the Papa Hopper Edition. Yes, it is the Papa Hapa. It's okay, you can laugh. Yeah, can laugh. I was gonna laugh or choke. Uh, the Papa Hapa edition. I will explain the Papa Hapa edition. First, tell me how you doing, Okwaje. Where are you and uh, how's life treating you? How are you taking care of your mental health? Um, that's important, man. You know, you've got to take care of your mental health. You've got to get out of the house a little bit, take a walk. Um, have conversations with people that you love, people that love you. Be kind to yourself. Yeah. Or you do like me and run away. Run, 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 run away. Anyway, so, ladies and gentlemen, mostly the gentlemen, um, thank you for being here. And I am excited because, don't worry, there's like a dog in the background. If you get to hear it, you know, just, you, you know, you know, I'm a dog lover. So just excuse us. I'm excited because I have with me a man I admire, a man who has been podcasting more than I have, longer than I have. He's got a fantastic podcast. We'll talk about it. It's called Nipper Story. This man is a creative, he's a writer, he has done everything you can think of. Radio, uh, just... That's a lot of everything. He's, it's a lot of everything. <laughs> it's like radio then, I was like, hmm, hmm. <laughs> actually don't know everything. Where's your CV? Will you send me your CV? <laughs> um, but guys, Annie, if, if, you ever, if you ever have the opportunity to meet someone who you think is cool and who is just really good people, like that opportunity will not have been fully fulfilled if you haven't met the one Kevin Machiro. So ladies and gentlemen, help me welcome Mr. Kevin Machiro. Makofi Tafadali. Asante. Yeah. Asante sana. Yeah, this, this is me flossing. Yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> totally. I'm really impressed. And also, bra, I mean, just listening to the opening sig tune, I'm like... I'm actually on your podcast. You are on my podcast, I'm bro. I'm actually on your podcast. And I'm so privileged that you'd allow me to be, you know, to interview you and to have a conversation with you, man. No, thank you for having me. I just, bro, just listening, when you played the jingle, I'm like, I remember your first episode. You do. Totally. I remember and I was really happy. I remember I sent you a text. Like, yes. Welcome to the world of podcasting. Of podcasting. Yeah. And, and now I'm, I'm here as a guest on your podcast. It's long overdue. Bram, and congratulations to you and it's a pleasure to, to be here and to be hosted by you. So you guys are saying I'm hosting him but really we are in his house. It's, in your, it's, your, sh- it's your show. You're, well, you're hosting me. I'd be starving but now if it wasn't for you. <laughs> <laughs> but you've been such a gracious host. Thank you very much. Um, Kevin Machiro. Man. Asante. Let's talk about first your show. Tell me about Nipper story and you know why you started doing that because you know we've started we started uh, with it. Um, Nipper story is a storytelling uh, podcast. I mm-hmm. started just over three years ago. Okay, it is um, 
it's it's audio versions of short story fiction mm. stories from from Kenya and also Africa. Uh, majority of those, I say, I sh- I, some people say, I should just say Africa. I'm like, yeah, but a, a number of the stories are from Kenyan writers. Mm, mm. Um, I love stories. I love listening to stories. Yeah. I um, I love the spoken word, mm. more so prose. Um, and I just really am into African fiction. I just think it's just phenomenal. And this was, and uh, selfishly, I also like audio editing. Mm. So I really and, and and I like actually do I like being in front of the microphone, mm. you know. And Nipe story gave me that opportunity to, to go, both, yeah. To, yeah, and to go back to something I really enjoyed. Nice. Um, I'd missed the microphone. I'd missed audio editing. I went through a period where I was involved in other stuff, other other work where I wasn't doing anything with with sound and audio. Mm. Um, so Nipe story has given me the opportunity to go back to to that. And I tell people I like creating. I studied radio, and our supervisor said the pictures that you create in your mind especially when it comes to when you're playing with sound a lot more vivid than um what you have than what you see mm-hmm. you know so mm-hmm. for me um i love the fact that i've been given the opportunity to create pictures in people's minds um and that's what nipa's story is about wow you see this is why i mean we could end there and call this episode pictures in people's minds. You know, like it's fantastic. Well, we, uh, in this episode as we're recording, I, my uncle is here seated at the corner over there and just nodding. It's like, hmm, that was more intelligent. That was a more intelligent <laughs> answer than I expected. He's probably saying, and this guy asks dumb questions. So y- you keep saying going back to doing something that you loved. Um, and because you made that reference, I want to sort of dig a bit into what are the other things that he did that, you know, sort of occupied the time before you went back to doing, uh, you know, being in front of the microphone and doing some audio editing? What are some of the other things that you've expressed yourself in? I, I went, I worked in the NGO space for a bit, mm-hmm. um, communications for development, yeah. you know, um, and I liked, I liked that part of storytelling mm-hmm. where you're um, able to talk about work that people are doing that has impact. Um, development work. It was mostly development in Africa. Yeah. It was in. It, it was a whole new world for me, and it was. It, it involved a lot more writing. It was a world outside of the newsroom. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a world of nine to five, which I hadn't done for a while. Mm-hmm. And I remember when I could leave and the office at five, and like no one's going to look for me after this. After like this. I'm done until I have a life. Until yeah. Until tomorrow. It morning. was. A, it was slightly traumatic, you know. <laughs> I used to leave the office at six because I was so used to getting home after dark. Yeah. Oh, so I'm wow. like, by the time I get home, at least it will be dark. I didn't know what to do with myself when I used to get home early. You know, it's crazy you say that because in an episode I did, probably the last episode I did, uh, a doctor was actually explaining to us why Nairobians are vitamin D deficient. Mm. And he was saying, even though we live in the tropics, most of us will leave our homes early in the morning, go straight into an office, and so we don't really experience the sun, you know, in the morning as we're going through traffic or whatever. We're in a car, we're fully dressed, mm-hmm. you know, um, and then you're in an office most of your day and then you leave home when it, and the sun is down. And yeah. you, so we, n- we don't get exposed to the sun even though we're in the tropics. Mm-hmm. Of course, that doesn't happen here because, damn, bro. <laughs> you guys have become darker. Since I moved. Oh, I mean, this this being in the coast has been such a good experience. 
um, just literally soaking in vitamin D. Yeah. But let's talk about your stints in radio. I mean, I just, I just want to understand the breadth of you saw you saw the blank that I pulled. Eh? I was about to say, uh, you know, um, I know he's on the board of Amnesty, but uh, yeah, 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 yeah. So let's talk about your stint in radio, like your creative spaces. What what are some of the th- things you've enjoyed doing in your long career? How many years? Twenty something years. Been working. I've, I've actually been in radio now twenty over twenty years. Twenty one wow. years. It's my twenty wow. first year. I can't believe it. Someone else was. <laughs> Someone else was interviewing me. He just he was shocked when I, mean, I told him I've been in this industry for t- over twenty, close to over twenty years. It's like that's how I'm, he was. He's, he was he was twenty four. Wow, that's how long he's been alive. Yes. Yeah, he's wondering whether there was radio before he was born. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, started off as an internet capital. Yeah, I think that's when I first met you. Yeah, I think around, it was the around, around capital because my first memory of you is actually a Londro. Yes, yeah. yeah, it was this. Yes, yes, it was there. So I interned at Capital briefly, didn't yeah. get a job, and then Caroline, Car- yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it was that phase where Phil was, yeah. Phil was already on his well, way out. He was going to, was it Libya or something? Be, some, some Phil country, left, yeah. you he, know. He left, Phil, yeah. <laughs> Phil, Phil and John left. Yeah. And then Caroline was also transitioning out, Caroline Mutoko. Mm-hmm. And she asked me, What are you doing here? You know, I'm like, yeah, I was taking work. I was meant to be presenting, Nini. And then she's like, there's this new station. There's this guy that's looking for staff. Are you interested in me? I'm like, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's work. Um, and I remember then, Capital was such a cool space. And yeah. I, I think it still is. Yeah. The, you know, you get to the 19th floor and you, you're... Bruh. Yeah. It was everything. Yeah. I'm like, if this is the one station I wanted to work Like, you could even just be happy hanging at the reception. Jose knew me. (laughs) Yeah, the the guy. The guy, guy, yeah. yeah. (laughs) The number of times I dropped my CV and, you know. I hope I need to look for him. You know, but But, those ones, Jujuana. reminded me. And the guy had a wonderful smile. Totally. Great personality. Even when he's letting you down. Totally. Like, you can't can't pass this gate. It's like, no, I'm sorry. No, I'm sorry, but just open that window and jump down 19 floors. You know, and, you're smiling, and you're like, like so thank cool. you, Jose. Thank you, Jose, wherever you are. Yeah, if you ever listen you. to this podcast, you're, you're yeah. such a good heart. Man. Yeah, you know, it was people like, was it there was that lady, Esther? I think she was named Esther. At the reception? Mm. The, the tea lady. Mm-hmm. And then there were a couple of, um, yeah. you know. So anyway, it was it was that. And then Caroline told me, she told me about the gig at, yeah. at, at yeah. Kiss. So yeah. got hired for that. So it was one of the first uh, employees. So mm. thank you, Caroline. Thank you, Patrick. Um, did that and then went to Uganda, worked in community radio in Uganda. Oh, nice. Uh-huh. Um, in a small little town called Masindi. Mm-hmm. Um, that was an interesting period of my life. Um, yeah, it was an interesting period. There's a lot of learning. Mm-hmm. I went with a Nairobi attitude that was <laughs> quickly brought down. Oh, mm-hmm. Quickly, quickly. I was naive. I was young. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, when I look back, I, I it, it, yeah, Uganda taught me things. What are some of the things you learned? Wow. I mean, just pick up, pick up one or two that you feel this is something I've carried all through my life from UG. Don't trust everybody. Oh, wow, that's a big one. Yeah, sometimes people read kindness in a bad way. Mm. Kindness. Some people read kindness as weakness. Mm. You know and. I was in a rural town. I didn't know very many people, and I was, I was kind, mm. and that got abused. 
Wow. But not everybody is that. It's just mm-hmm. that that scenario. Yeah. So by the time I left, I was bruised. I was bruised. So um, it's but it gave me an opportunity to look at life very differently. Um, <coughs> it gave me an. <coughs> It, yeah, it, it gave me an opportunity to look at life very recently, you know, and we had the, and that was one thing. But on the positive side, Uganda and the experience in Uganda made me more African. Oh, wow. Okay. And I, I appreciate Uganda for that because mm-hmm. we grew up only speaking English and Kiswahili mm. at home and mostly English. Yeah. So when I went to Uganda... I picked up the local language was Runyoro Rutoro mm-hmm. for hours. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was Runyoro Rutoro, I think. Uh, anyway, it was for hours. So, because I was working in a community station, I was almost forced to learn to listen to Runyoro Rutoro. So, I keep on saying my third language that I learned was Runyoro Rutoro. Wow. So, it was different, the small things, and I threw myself into it. There's a, they, they have a thing called pet names, mm-hmm. Empako. Mm-hmm. You know, and I got an empaco, and there's a way you greet someone who has an empaco. There were eight, there were eight names. So you meet someone, you say empaco yao, they tell you their name, and it's a back and forth, and you're singing, and that's just the greeting. Wow. So Uganda made me more African in that sense. I was able to connect with something that I think was very dormant. And my friends used to, my guys in school used to laugh at me because I was bilingual. I'm like, you don't speak any other language. You're like, no. You know, so Uganda gave me that, and and I go back to Uganda with warm feelings and a lot of gratitude. Well, I like Uganda for different reasons. But, you know, <laughs> <laughs> the food, I don't know what you guys are we, thinking. I, <laughs> the food, the matoke, kitoke, kitoke, the katogo, the sauce, the sauce. <laughs> The binyebwa, groundnut sauce, oh, the, sauce. Yeah, the ginat sauce. I didn't know it was called binyebwa. binyebwa. Yeah, the ginat sauce. Oh, that's good, Mazi. That's really good. Do you know. The, um, the pork on the streets. Muchomo. Muchomo, yes. Muchomo. You the, see, for, when I say that, I, outside of Nairobi, I mean, when I used to live there, the, only, the other place I was so comfortable in was Kampala. Yeah. I, 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 like, I love Kampala. Man. It's, it's the most beautiful city yeah. in East Africa. Um, mm, mm. I, I just know. said that. If you, if, did you ever go well, on top of Kampala Hill? No, I never did. Okay. That that would give me a perspective. Okay. I won't fight it. What? That it's the most beautiful city uh, in East Africa. To me. Yeah. Okay. City. Okay. Yes, city. City. The people though. So good. Okay. Um <laughs> so <laughs> I mean it was it, and those 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 a lot of kindness I was shown mm. in a way that coming from Nairobi where yes, someone yes, people are offering yes. you stuff like what do you want what do you want and yeah. that those who did yeah. want something mm. but you must remember I was 28 29 I'd come from Kiss biggest station at that time in in in, in the country and mm. then I'm going to this little station in Uganda I'm like from Nairobi and you're going to teach them things yeah <laughs> I was the production manager. Yeah. You know, I dressed differently. I was a lot lighter. Mm. But, you know, they always call me Omujungu. Which, oh, really? Yeah, Omujungu. which is Omujungu. You know, yeah. Yeah. I'd go to the market, Omujungu, Omujungu. You know, I, they said I had an accent. But there was kindness. You know, when go to the market, some people would be kind and would give you know, something. You know, you go to the store and, and everyone knew your story. And I, back then, I don't think I was ready for a small town mentality. And it used to irritate me. It is a mentality, isn't it? Yeah. Like you have to, you actually have to switch from this city life to a, 
it, it, I, I thought I was having to dumb down things, but it's not really dumb down. Like it's, it's almost like I need to learn to listen. This is what I'm feeling right now, moving back to Shags. Mm. You know, like I feel, and I call it Shags because it's really where my dad is, but it's not really a rural town like we were talking about <laughs> yeah. earlier. Um, but it's not a big town. It's not Nairobi. It's not a city. And I have to think through um, how some things are interpreted that would be normal in in the city. So mm-hmm. in the city, I'd, I'd, I'd give you instructions without greeting you. you know? And not because I don't want to greet, not because I don't acknowledge you. I, I mean, I'm acknowledging you by, by giving an instruction. You know, like, mm-hmm. <laughs> but here I feel like I'm being rude. You know, like, I'm going to have to greet you, find out how you are, and then maybe, you know, bring up the topic <laughs> of the instruction that I want to give. Yeah. Um, you don't go into things like here. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, here, I've learned as well, it's, it's, you know, and even, it's even with the, with the staff who, who are around yeah. here. It's that. I'm not at that point yet, okay. but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's very interesting when I was in Uganda, mm. that used to bother me. Mm. I'm like, I'm like, it got to a point like, hey, good morning, good morning, how are you? And then they'll tell me, not fine. I'm like, shh. Now nah, I have to listen. Hmm. Yeah, I was not expecting that. But, but we, you get to learn that you're working with people. I wasn't so ready much. to, I was, 20, I was 28, 29. Mm-hmm. So I wasn't ready. I didn't have the, cap, but I wasn't mentally ready to know, to know that, that I was working with people. Mm-hmm. You know, um, now, yes, like you realize you, everything I've done is about people. Hmm. And you have to see people. I think to get by in this life, you have to see people. And that's, yeah, that's what I've been learning and I'm still learning. Wow. <sighs> okay, that's, that's, that's a good learning. I hope you all remember that you're working with people and they have, they're human. And they, they need to be acknowledged. And I think that that's a learning for me that I'm that I'm having every day. How you doing? Um I'm good. I I uh bro, it's twenty twenty one. How do you answer that? It's twenty twenty B. Hey, it's twenty twenty plus one. <laughs> it's like the election. <laughs> Fifty plus one. Yeah. You know the way everyone's talking about um the Olympic Games, you know. Yeah, yeah. Is it Tokyo Tokyo plus Tokyo, one? Yeah. And they're saying I don't yeah. know that. it's it's twenty twenty plus one. So how are you done? That's uh, I'm getting lighter. My, I would, I would speak with my heart. My heart is getting lighter. Mm. My heart is getting lighter. I'm in a much better place than I was a few months ago. Um, I, I'm, I'm going through this. I'm going through it moment by moment. I tell people, moment by moment, to get through the day. That's. I'm going through moments mm. to get through the day. If you don't mind my asking, what what are what have those months been? Those last few months that have been weighing on you, like what have they been? Heavy. They were heavy. Mm. They were heavy. You know, well, heavy. I'm I'm trying to. Maybe I'm asking what was happening. Ah, I like mean, yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, it was. Um, well, I moved house um, to where we are now. Yeah. And then soon, I, I beautiful I, home. That's Asante. Mm. 
soon after that turned 48 and got covid well you needed a gift right <laughs> <laughs> you know i'm like yeah for, yeah i got covid um and then along the way i lost a friend i'm sorry um to covid i'm sorry around that time um and there was a lot of grief happening or people falling sick mm. at that time um Yeah, it was people dying out of I thought it was either people and and it was not just that it was people being admitted into hospital or you knowing someone whose loved one has covid mm. um or people were sick for some it wasn't covid but there was a lot of death that happened mm. um so it was that um but covid itself was was an interesting journey like what is your covid experience like I tell people I would not wish it on my worst enemy even that guy who was me money <laughs> i don't want to wish covid on you mm. um it was a very and i know i need to write about this I, i'll start backwards covid has left me initially soon after that and i'm getting over it it left me fearful mm. it left me paranoid it humbled me mm. um and it love also left me grateful okay you know mm. what was that experience like it was awful but i was so scared of covid last year because i have an underlying condition i was mm. um cancer f- uh, survivor so i was so scared and i didn't know how my body was going to handle covid mm. but when it finally came i'm like okay so we're here and um it was i remember one night when it was really one of those evenings i was like man i can't do this i can't do this and i don't know the um you, you ever experienced that i did i did yeah. I, had, i had an evening when i thought i'm done mine was like i just my oh, mine was an i'm done it's just like i just can't i don't have the energy to mm, fight this yeah. and and with cancer i got to appreciate my body so much bro i remember just gussering my 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 body and just I was going to say it in Kiswahili, papasaring myself, mm-hmm. touching myself. And 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 saying you have to fight for me because I can't. I don't have I don't have it within me to mm-hmm. go on to mm-hmm. fight. You please and I'm like I I I hope everything that I've done to look after you was right for you now to come through for me. You know, I I'm, I live relatively healthy. You know, I I I eat lots of fruits, you know, I mm. I exercise and, and stuff. So I'm like I hope whatever I've done, I've, yeah, I hope whatever I have done for you and looked I've looked after you so please look after me. Please, because I just don't have it. And that's what COVID, COVID, you don't know how this thing is going to go. And I was telling people at least with cancer, you know the doctors giving you medicine for this. Mm. You go for chemo, you go for radio, you go for, you know, there's that. But with COVID, it's even the doctors are learning with you. Exactly. Yeah. You know, you're like take I know someone who got diagnosed with it and they had a cough. They went to the doctor and he gave them um a cough syrup and they're like, this is all. You can't be serious and the guys like mm. so you don't know how this beast is going to go you really don't know and then at that time when you hear people are are being rushed to hospital cuz they can't breathe you're like is it is it me what 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 are you going to do to me next you feel very vulnerable to the disease 
you know so for me it was that there was a lot of it very vulnerable because i didn't know what was going to do you know one time i'm sweating buckets sweating i went through then 36 hours i went through 10 liters of water because i was so dehydrated wow. i was dry i tell people i was dry yeah dry I, mouth dry yes, yes. I got that as well. i'm like i'm drinking water like like nothing went through this mouth and then you're drinking water and then you have to pee <laughs> yeah and then you want to sleep and and, and, and the distance between <laughs> the loo and the bed is so far you got this one night i went to the loo like 967 times <laughs> And Did then you count? It, it was just I was just constantly going, yeah. and then you like I have to drink water as well because I'm so dehydrated. Yeah. You know, um, it was lost. Um, one of the things was uh, I lost my appetite. You know, a friend of mine came with food and stocked the fridge, mm. and it's like this is for a few days, a week. Next week I'll bring you, you know, three four days I'll give you time to eat this, and then like yeah 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 yeah. Thank you, bra. No food. That food eating. stayed in there for a week. Wow. It would take me half an hour to go through Weetabix. Two biscuits of I was like a kid. It was here. I'm just sitting here. And I still I started falling back on what things survival techniques that I picked up in India like you have to eat food is your medicine. If you don't eat you don't get better. Half an hour to go through Weetabix, bro. I'm sorry, man. I'm just I'm here I'm sitting sorry. here I'm like and then I'm punching myself eat bra eat eat you you have to eat I remember if someone brought me maize sweet corn man I ruined that thing <laughs> because it's like I can eat you know yeah when you finally can it, eat it, yeah. this was not the, the, sorry it was just that it was the one thing that I could eat mm, 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 you know it was mm. sweet corn it was boiled sweet potatoes it was just an an soup It's just very basic food and maybe some fruit like mm-hmm. really made sure I, I I ate a lot of fruit and veg and salads at that time because I told myself I will my cousin told me you have to hypernourish yourself so I'm That's like a good word yeah so hypernourish so just flood your body with good food so that you you know flooded so i'm like okay salad someone gave me a came with a, a, a fruit bar a, a fruit and veg basket i'm like yes it just had salads tomatoes you know limes it was fruit bananas oranges passion fruit and i'm like this is what i need i'm like i may not have the appetite but, but you're gonna, going to go through all this thing to get better this out i'm going to put it in my mouth yeah yeah okay. i was making smoothies because that's what was going to go down mm. you know Um so it was it was loss of appetite it was joint pain and the funny thing is some of those things I'm like also oh, we're back here now because some of those were symptoms that I had when I had cancer mm. so I'm like we're back here and my and you know my head is like this is not new kevo yeah but I'm like it is still so hard mm. you know it is still so hard and I remember one you know when you sweat I got lots of sweats you know your where where you are sleeping is wet mm. you're like man so you're looking for like where is it where is it dry where is it dry where is it dry and then you go that the pillow is soaked bra and like the other pillow is dry so just roll over to that side lala on that side until it it's wet again it's roll over rest it, then lala <laughs> you know because rest yeah. <laughs> yes 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 you know and then when that side this side is wet hope yeah, that side has dried, has dried yeah. for you to go back 
and then you're turning the pillow because one side is wet. You're t- it was it was that, bruh. I'm sorry. It, it, that disease, man. I remember when I started feeling better, my cousin brought me some pilau and it smelled good and I wanted to eat it and I knew I was getting better and I cried. That switch. Bruh. That mental switch. I know it. Yeah. It was just one day that day I, I I wanted to eat. Yeah. And I sat out there and I was in a very emotional state because I'm like, I'm getting better. I'd had diarrhea. If we do that day I had a proper motion and I wow. and I danced. Because I know I'm getting better. And if you don't know this, we need to protect our bodies from a lot of we need to learn not protect we need to learn how to read our bodies. Mm. You know, and when I had diarrhea, one of my friends like get emodium. I'm like, no, no. because I won't know yeah. Yeah. When, when I'm getting better. Yeah. yeah. Wow. So when I had a, can I say shit? Mm. Yeah. When I had a proper shit, I'm like, I'm getting better. Mm. And your brain switches. Like, I've never been so happy to take a dump. You, you guy. Like, <laughs> you guy. <laughs> I feel you. You know, you can't tell everyone. Absolutely. I have just, you know, I told people. I told people that they thought I was crazy. I'm like, bro, I just had a proper shit. Yeah, it's and, and it feels good. And it feels good. Yeah, and I knew I was getting better. A lot of people who have gone through COVID and survived it, and and you know, come out on the other side, <clears throat> seem to also come out with a profound perspective or shift in life. Um, I would imagine someone who's gone through cancer has probably had a more profound <laughs> experience with cancer. And we'll, I want us to talk about that in a bit. But did COVID give you any shift in perspective? Just to be all the more grat- grateful, bro. Mm. Like I said, it humbled me. Just, I think it does that to everyone. Just be grateful. Be grateful for everything. Mm. Be grateful. And for me, it was like I'm... I'm on the right track and validated what, what all, all the work I'd been doing to look after myself, the whole wellness thing. It validated that and, and, I, and I figured I will continue doing this. It just affirmed what I'd been doing. And, and it's not that it will protect me from diseases or anything. Mm-hmm. It's just that my body will be stronger yeah. for the next battle. For the, for the next one. Whatever that I may hope, be. I hope, I hope that's far, far away. The thing is, we don't know. Yeah, and I think that's just go through today, bro. <laughs> that's true. So for for me, it was it was it was that, and and I think yeah, it was it was that. Just keep doing what you've been doing, Kevo. Hmm. Just right. keep doing what you've been doing. Okay, mine was get out <laughs> yeah mine, mine was like alright so we've done everything in this Nairobi now get out so that was mine that was my post COVID uh, epiphany because my, uh, my epiphany came with cancer yeah, yeah, yours, yours was so t- talk to me about your cancer journey um, because you've been and I didn't know that the connection uh, or um, I don't know if I'm making an assumption but I didn't know that the connection for coming to Kilefe was linked to cancer to some, yeah, to by some and large, yeah. And uh, first, I'm so sorry. I don't even think I knew what you were going through as a friend. But talk to me about uh, what what cancer did you go through? What did you? When did you discover it? Mm. Um, and 
now you know first are you are you free are you cancer free are you I'm in, remi- I'm in remission. in remission. I'm in remission. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> um, the cancer I had was called multiple myeloma. It's a blood cancer that affects the plasma. Oh, okay. Um, got diagnosed in 2015, October. Mm-hmm. Went to India. F- I did chemo until mm-hmm. June. Um, went to India for a stem cell transplant. I was in India for seven weeks. Okay. Um, and basically that's, I've abbreviated the journey, but yeah, yeah, yeah. but it, it, it was, it was that, it was, it was, it was that, that was, that, that was it, did chemo, fortunately didn't have to do radiotherapy. Yeah. Um, yeah. What made you, like, how did you discover it? Like, were you feeling unwell? Did you like go? Like, like they were sick and then I said, maybe I should take a COVID test. Like what? And I'm now I'm simplifying no, something so no, <laughs> major, but no. In in May 2015, was it April? It was April. Sorry, in in April, I was training. I used to run a lot. Mm-hmm. I was training for an ultra marathon. Okay. In in South Africa, and one morning, mm, I, my I lower, heard about it. Yeah. yeah, my lower back just felt weird, tight. Um, so it was a Thursday morning, and that day I was gonna do like a a quick curtain care around Kile. I'm still living in, in, in Nairobi. Do you know how wrong it is to say like a quick 10K Bruh, but around Kile to a fat guy? You know, like... <laughs> like <laughs> it's like saying I was just going to make a kick 10 million and saying it to a poor guy. You know, like this is wrong. But that okay. was 2015. Bro. Okay, okay. I was sorry. skinny and fit. Yeah, you're still skinny. But, you know, not but, so fit, yeah. <laughs> Go ahead. So I will was, not take offense to you. Like a quick 10K <laughs> around Kile. You know, it was that. And so that day I, I couldn't, I, I just felt there's something wrong. Mm. Anyway, I'll, this part is, I don't want to bore you with it. No, no, it's, uh, it, t- tell us. I mean, and, and this is also about how we take care of our bodies and how we listen to our bodies because that's yeah. exactly what it is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I, I went to a chiropractor that f- um, f- Thursday evening, mm. no, Friday. Mm. Uh, no, Thursday, I went to a chiropractor that Thursday, I went Friday. And then I was like, you guy. I have a plan in six weeks. Me, I'm in South Africa. I'm re- going to run this ultra. Mm. Can I run by Saturday? And it's like, yeah, yeah, he did. Whatever he did. Saturday, I was like, Sour. Started my run. This was somewhere in Kile. And I remember getting to State House Road. And I'm like, something's wrong. And then I walked back to Kile. Um, State House, uh, Ring Road, Kile, mm. Leshwa. Mm-hmm. I just, I did, I had a long walk. Yeah. Um, along the way, I met a trainer who I really wanted to work with, and he's like, I will only work with you if you go for an x ray. I'm like, okay, wow. I'll, I'll go for the x ray next week, and then I'll let you know, and then we can work together. You, my head was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. it was like, past this, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm like, I'm I've six weeks and I've lost one week, you know. Mm. So when I went to the hospital and thanked the doctor, um, one night I just went to MP Shah. There was this constant niggling. So I went to MP Shah in the middle of the night and the guy's like, no, let's not take an x-ray. Let's just do an MRI. They did the MRI and they found growths. They called them hemangiomas. They're like, it's not serious. These, you get these, in every, everyone has hemangiomas, mm. you know? I'm like, there's something wrong with my back. So I saw a number of specialists and they all said the same thing. And I was at my fittest, mm. I think, ever. 
and then one evening it was a thursday which made me scared this thursday yeah it took me a long time to get over thursday nights wow. because that evening at around no the saturday before that i called a doctor friend of mine's like something's wrong with my body and i don't quite understand he's like see a pain specialist and aga khan on monday i went to see him the guy gave me lots of pain meds looked at my back he gusted you know by then i was walking with a stick oh wow you know no you know so he's like this is it every 8 hours i had to take those painkillers by the, the half hour after the 8 if i didn't take it i was already in pain mm-hmm. so that thursday night i took my pills at around 11 and then i through it i think 334 the pain kicked in again pain it kicked in so badly i called my landlord um the sons like bra banti come I called my one of my best friends Raju who lived in Westlands I'm like bro I'm not in a good way please come and that day something told me keep the door open I didn't lock the door mm. and I remember I got I woke up to go and take a piss but the toilet seemed so far so I walked with my back on the wall like supporting to yourself to support myself wow. to go and pee and then I did that go back and then I just lay on the bed like that I'm like I can't move I can't move I can't move you know struggled to get back into bed that's when i started making calls so my they came over and raj was holding i think my no bancho was on my left raj was holding my uh, right hand and i started getting spasms and every time i got a spasm i would squeeze their hands it was the most painful experience i had ever had painful bra i was screaming cause the pain would go from my back and shoot all the way to my toes mm. um at one time i remember crying and just telling people please help me please please help me um called my doctor they called my doctor friend again it's like ask him to take his dose again took it that thing worked for i think half an hour and then the pain came back i mean i was like even if i blinked i was in pain it's like an exaggeration but it was so mm. bright <sighs> I was bad. I was bad. It was the worst night of my life. Worst oh. night of my life. Paramedics eventually came, took me out um on a stretcher. You know that I saw what a gurney does. Mm. Mm. You know they came with more, you know my doctor friend I also insisted please ask him to come. He came the moment he walked in, the paramedics walked in, he told them give this guy morphine. You have morphine, give it to him. Happy drug. You guy. <laughs> I was three minutes, three to five minutes after I got the morphine, I started cracking jokes. And these guys are still holding yeah, my hands. Yeah, They're yeah, like, oh, now yeah. you can laugh. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. You know, and the paramedics came in. They had this, I don't know, a gunny or something. Like, they had to scoop me out of bed. Yeah. And the, the stretcher was like, split. Like the backboard and then. Yeah, yeah. So they, you know, it was one of those things they told me, you have to breathe for us to get this under you. I'm wow. like, you want me to move again? They're like, it's going to be painful. but we have to do this bra i'm so bra. sorry i felt every bump every pothole from the digs aboretum drive to agakan mm. mm. and i was already on morphine but i felt every single thing i remember my girl crystal was with me in the ambulance you know um she she was a co- she's a colleague and a good friend she just like i just have to be here you know she organized the ambulance and everything Um I was in hospital for a week they know they found out I had a fractured vertebrae 
my L5, um, that there was the hemangioma, the growth, mm. and that was it. But even after that, I had to start wearing a corset. There were things I had to start wearing a corset. Only have a flat tummy. <laughs> And then there's this thing they call the toilet riser that you place on the toilet such that you're high above. And, you know, so you're just protecting your back. Mm. I used to sit. I used to have a shower sitting down. There had to be a stool as I was showering. Mm. You know, it was all that. I had a, had a, had a um, what is the crutches to help me walk. Um, and that was May. That was May 2015. And then I got better. I got better. Um... And then, you know, but something just told me my body wasn't right. And along the way, I remember getting a sharp pain in my shoulder blade, a really sharp pain, like someone was drilling into my shoulder blade. Wow. Um, and then I told a friend of, asked a doctor friend of mine, bones don't take months to heal. But I just feel something's wrong. So I just go back to, I got another job along the way, nini, nini, traveled. And then one, so when I went for my review, I just told the doctor everything's like, let's just, this is in October now, let's just do new Im- images. Hmm. Um, this was on a Monday. I went to Uganda that Monday <laughs> night for work after after doing a, a CT scan, MRI, and X-rays again mm-hmm. for the whole full body. Left to go to Uganda that evening. He calls me on Wednesday. He's like, you need to come back to the hospital. I'm like, okay, but I'm in Uganda. See, come on Friday. He's like, no, you need to come back to the hospital today. Wow. So I'm like, what's up? I remember it's like um, we found your bones haven't cornered. That L5 has gotten worse. Mm. And there are other fractures within your body. So I remember um, I was at this hotel. I asked the waiter. I went to the bar. I asked the waiter for a pen and paper. And I wrote down everything the doctor was telling me. And then I just started a new, this new job. And I remember like, shit, now I have to go to, I'm still on my probation. I'm telling them, I'm <laughs> skipping this meeting. I'm going to the hospital. And I was told not to carry anything heavy. I had to, I'd stop wearing the corset, like wear your corset again and come straight to the hospital. Come back to Nairobi and come straight to the hospital. Um, that was it. And told me, he told me it was either one of two things. It was multi multiple myeloma or pulmo- uh, the pulmonary TB. Mm. So those two options. Went on to Google what is multiple myeloma. I'm like, oh. Um, told the family, this is it. I'm coming back to Nairobi, blah, blah, blah. Went into the hospital, walked in, and then like, yeah. And there was a series of tests after that. When I tested negative for pulmonary TB, um, I knew it was cancer. Yeah, there was only one option, mm. cancer. Um, we had just buried one of my my favorite aunt for breast cancer, and I'm like, now me. I'm like, now me. It was tough. It was tough for all of us. It was tough for all of us. And there's a little bit of guilt there in the sense that I'm putting my family. Cancer brings makes you guilty. Mm. You're like, how am I? Why am I putting this onto my family? Um, so it was that. It was two weeks in the hospital. It was chemo. It was learning this thing and telling people. And it was a shock to people. Because um, you're like, you're the guy you see running in Kile. Mm. You know. And the fit guy. Yeah. Fit people don't get cancer. It was that. Like, if Kevo can get cancer, so what's the point? Yeah, it's your choice, smoke. And the guys who told me that, like, now, mm. it's free for all. We don't care. 
you know. Um, so did chemo for six months. Um, I was really lucky. I was I, I got I received a lot of kindness, a lot of kindness. There are good people out there. A lot of kindness. Mm-hmm. People would offer their cars and their drivers because I don't drive, nor do I have a car. Like, if you need my driver, if you need to go shopping, if you need to do anything, just tell me. We'll make this available. What do you need? How do we support you? Really, really kind. So I'm really grateful to, to people who helped me during that period. Um, went to India um, for that for four. I mean, I was, and I was slowly getting my strength back. I was doing 2K mm. runs, was able to, went back to exercising. I, I do enjoy exercising, so I was able to do some low-level form of exercise, exercises. Did that, went to India, had a successful uh, procedure, came back to Kenya. Um, but I came back, cancer left me differently. By the time I came back to Kenya, I knew something had, the rewiring had been done. Mm. Um, I think got back in July, mid July. Mm-hmm. By October, I knew I didn't want to work anymore. Like so, be employed. Yeah, yeah. You know, I went to see my family in the states because I hadn't seen them since I'd got diagnosed. My mom and my brother are there. By the time I was leaving, I told my boss, "Me, I'm not. I can't be here." Something had changed, and and I realized your body can tell you when there's stress. And I'm mm. like, this is this is. I was I was in charge of the comms department. It's a lot of pressure, you know. And when my body was that days, I remember one time we'd had meetings the whole day. I just told guys, me, I've gone home to sleep, and I don't care what you think. I'm tired. My body's in pain. I'm going home to sleep, and I slept, and I woke up, and I was better. I'm like, no. <laughs> I'm not going to die for because of Jobo. No. And you know, it's, it's funny you say that because we've put work somehow. We've, uh, maybe you might have forgotten this after leaving three years, um, you know, employment free, probably longer, but I mean, being away from the corporate lifestyle that Nairobi is. It's crazy how even when I came here and I said, I want to rest for just a couple of weeks first and unwind and figure out my next move, people are like, but what are you going to do? You know, like, we're, we're defined by work. Mm. Have you ever been unemployed in Nairobi, bro? Well, I am. Well, but, I but prior, yeah, prior, as in yeah, yeah. Bilas, yeah. where people meet you, this is Kevin of... Oh, yeah. this is just Kevin. Kevin. Yeah, and then just Kevin is never enough. It, yeah? yeah, and it happened. You know, it's 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 it's, it's that it, 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 where people can't tie you to anything. Yeah, and it's it's you, you even feel inadequate for being yourself. But it's also very freeing when you finally come around. To yeah, it. when like when yeah when you're like, which is what we are. I am just yeah. Kevin. Yeah, you don't so, feel inadequate by just being yeah. yourself. And what, what do you do? When I'm like, I'm unemployed. Mm. You also, where are you now? I'm Sinakazi. Mm. Oh. When you freelancer? No, no. That, that, that was that one time yeah. I was like, Sinakazi. <laughs> oh. <laughs> you know, some, some people don't know how to deal yeah. Someone with responded that. to me, ah, when you freelancer. You know, they defined <laughs> it for me. You know, like, <laughs> you know, like, uh, I'm unemployed. Ah, when you freelancer. Yeah. I'm like, what is a freelancer? You know. Yeah. You know, so yeah, so it's yeah, yeah, yeah. So I almost took it, but the freelancing. Mm. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, you know, I just 
it was yeah i came back saying i just can't do this anymore you go through an experience like that like you're saying it changes your your life changes your perspective so i, I think, guess the question i want to ask you today is who's kevin today who's kevo today <laughs> who's uh, what are the things that define you now something that cancer taught me yeah and i carry this with me now we only have this life bro mm he this life and that's when i figured i what are the things i've wanted to do right and then the pension schemes that they're like if i i did all the maths i'm like this is the most money i have ever had mm. and that rainy day is now it has come it has come this is what you call rain this is this is this is the nlm <laughs> this is what this is that rainy this day, is the day thing. I was for. exactly yeah. And it gave me the opportunity to I'd never thought I'd be an I'd, I'd never thought I'd work for myself. Mm. And now that I live in Kilifi, I never thought I'd live outside Nairobi. Nairobi was everything. It had been good to you. Kabisa. You know. Mm. Um so I worked I I I I freelancer <laughs> for 2017 in Nairobi and it was freeing. And it's made Cancer has opened my cancer opened my eyes and I'm grateful for cancer for what it has shown me. Mm. It has made me it gave me my voice and I tell people that it gave me my voice it gave me my voice in the sense that I did a lot of therapy and I started embracing who I was. Um, and I was not ashamed of who I was. I was able to face my demons. You know even looking at my role within the family setup and how I interact with my family and how I interact with my friends and being confident in who I in who I am and this is happening when I'm 43 but it, that process had already begun before where I was like yeah this is I thought that was enough and then I think cancer showed me there is so much more that you don't even know about yourself watch mm. out watch how we show you and he did <laughs> You know the fact that I loved I loved nature and I knew this is where green spaces are good. Um so the person who sits be in front of you right now is is a lot more confident. Is a lot more comfortable in his skin. Is a lot more relaxed. Is a lot more fun. Is a lot more passionate. Mm. Is a lot more vulnerable and he's on a journey of authenticity. Is a lot more authentic. Um is a lot more vocal. Is a lot more queer. Um is a lot more and I'm learning and I'm learning so much, bro. In my in my world, I'm a lot more masculine. Mm. You know, cuz that's it's owning who you are. And I'm not and I know, and I'm not and I don't feel bad about it, bro. and I, I don't feel bad because to use a phrase that I that came out from the church days is I am beautifully and wonderfully made and I have talents that when you describe me as creative I dumped down my creativity and now I embrace it I mean look at this space mm. I didn't think I could do stuff like this but I, 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 that's the first thing I saw when you used to have to dreadlocks nini <laughs> that's the first thing I saw I was like this this guy even talking to you like my, I really have this picture I can't I, I can't tell you why this one is stuck in my brain but of us having a conversation outside laundry house and just connecting like you know like 
was feeling like this is a good guy this is a great guy and I was like this must be a super creative I was trying to get into advertising at the time and I was like I want to be like this guy I wasn't even in advertising yeah, bro just you just had the look man you had the look <laughs> but the funny the worst thing is I didn't see myself the way people saw me and yeah. that, that is also very recent and I'm I'm learning to see myself the way people see me mm. so and there's a lot, a lot of self esteem there's a lot of good in you it took a while to to believe in that good and it takes and it takes takes so much strength every day to believe in that good and to believe in me hmm. I have a selfish custom <coughs> I, i'm i'm just making a transition to a small town or at least to a smaller town from nairobi and i'm two and a half weeks in You've been here three years. <clears throat> um, I think I finally come around to make to to agreeing that I've made the right decision. Because, dude, between decision making and execution, it took me a week. I didn't have time to think about mm. it. I didn't have time to think and plan and procrastinate and then come back to it and then, like, between decision and execution, the week I called you, it was literally a week. Mm. You know and. <clears throat> I'm not trying to figure out how to make I guess how to find myself in this space, you know. And so my, my selfish question is um first if you're still in Nairobi, I'm sorry. <laughs> <But> <laughs> please if you can just get out. It, you you'd be surprised at how it is out here. Wherever it is you go, our friends in Nanyuki, in Naivasha, guys have gone to Kericho and there guys are considering Eldoret and they're enjoying it. But what's the one thing you tell me I need to do here? Like I need to do in a small town experience, like to as I manage this transition. What what's the one thing you'd say? Here's what I've learned from my last three years. Also I want to know, sorry, how did your post cancer experience influence the transition? Um You know when I came back I was in the, the one doctor said I was in partial remission one yeah. doctor said I was in remission and every time I did my bloods and my blood work the results yeah there's one particular reading that would be in bold mm-hmm. and I'm like but I'm doing everything why is this thing still in bold what is it reading it was just slightly above normal okay. so anything above normal like, you yeah, know outside yeah, the yeah, day yeah. whether it's higher or lower um They'd, they'd print it in bold. The results would be in bold. And like me, I just want everything to be in the same font size. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So you bought a new printer. <laughs> <laughs> You're still trying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. All day long. Yeah, yeah. Um, it was that, and that irritated me. I put a lot of pressure on myself. I'm like, this thing has to be sour. And then, because I don't drive. Mm. Why I, don't you drive by there? This is curious. Nairobi. The traffic, bro. Yeah. And Nairobi is, if anything from one point to that other is between 30 to 45 minutes by foot. I've walked from Dagoretti to Kile. And it was such a good walk. And because I'm a writer, I'm a creative, I take in the city, I take okay. in the smells and, and okay. I took in a lot of pollution uh, <laughs> along the way. But I, like, I, I can't, I can't, for me, I'm like, I can't be a mwenyeji of, and I, I'm, I was fascinated, like what, I kept on asking myself, what is the smell of Nairobi? You know what is the th- you know but I couldn't say I'm a writer I couldn't say I live in Nairobi without knowing what Nairobi feels like on the ground 
and I just found it a lot faster getting by most times, especially during traffic. On foot. On foot. I remember there's one time when I remember, and, and, and it happened a number of times when I was working at the BBC, we were on Kijabi Street, I was living mm. at State House, mm. State House Crescent. We walked out, long or not, Kijabi Street was like this. Mm. We got into a taxi. We took 20 minutes from Kijabi Street to the Norfolk. Me and my pal like, let's get out. Yeah. See, people are walking. Yeah, we're we're walk. home in 20 minutes. And I remember there's one time, we went back soon after campus. Yeah. I was stuck in town. It had rained buckets. I walked from Kencom to Kile. And I got home before the folks who had been in traffic for three hours. So it was things like that. I'm like, even if I walk, I will get there faster. Mm. And I just find, I get, I think I get, I, when I'm using a taxi, I get road rage as a passenger. <laughs> That's special. But yeah. And I realized, and one of the things, why am I angry? I'm not even driving this thing, but I'm angry. Yeah. Ah, no. Okay. So, so, um, which is why I don't drive. Yeah. Um, there are times I wish I did, but, uh, yeah, people can be vicious. There's one guy who, who told me, Kebo, you are still walking. <laughs> and yeah. he's like, I've never seen you in a car. With pity in your eyes. <laughs> being the eyes me, I'm like, yeah, bruh. Yeah, yeah. You're doing the right thing. You're walking, I can walk from, yeah, I could walk and I knew it'll, it's, it's 35 minutes from yeah. Westy to the digs. And I know I'll be home in 35 minutes. But they even thugs now. Once you, yeah, they know you're the walker, they leave you alone. They look for the other guys. Yeah. The newbies like us. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so and and then so it was that. That's why. So the thing that I, um, post cancer, I started feeling post India and yeah. that period. I just the city started irritating me. I just found it a very toxic space. I just found it a toxic space, mm. and I started going out of Nairobi every month. It was if even if it was a a, a day trip to Limuru, mm. um, coming to Costo, going to Thika you know, going to Nyeri. I just started every month, I would just get out of the mm-hmm. city, going to Kisumu. And my therapist used to say, every time I got back into the city, there was a lot more clarity. Mm-hmm. I was a lot more confident. I seemed happier. So when I told her, and towards the end of it, it was Kisumu or Kilifi, and I need, needed, I realized I need to be by water. Mm. And when I came to Kilifi, my soul was at peace. And like, I, this is where I want to be. Dude, when I came to Kilif, you almost moved here today. This is excellent. And, and I was determined to give my body to make sure I was going to get better. I was determined. I'm like, if, it, if I have to be outside the city, it will be that. And then I also wanted to, there was an idea, there's a, there's a, book, there's a book idea, three years on, and still hasn't happened. But I wanted to do research around a book, and the, mm. book, and it was, and the book is based here, in the co- here in the coast, in Mombasa. And it was cheaper getting a matatu than mm. coming down from Nairobi and back and forth. So I'm like, sure. and then when I got here, I'm like, the sea has been calling me. And it was so easy, bruh. It's like a cloak. It just, I don't know whether it's the same thing for mm. you. Mm. It just fell off. Mm. It was so, it was, that's the thing that shocked I, me. I, I've been telling people, I, I can, it's like I can feel my stress just. Kamsa. <sighs> It's 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 and I think that's the most important thing and, and quality of life and as a free freelancer, <laughs> I'm so sorry. You know, as a I freelancer, it, I, it <laughs> I realized I could I could me. stretch my money more. Yeah, that's that's why in India. here yeah. than in Nairobi. Yeah. 
you know and then when i started you know mchicha is 10 bob you know you can get fish for two sock a whole fish <laughs> chapo is like 10 between 10 and 15 bob baba ba, ba, chapo is 10 bob in my hood in ukonda mm. yeah and it's fresh just think about it mchicha yeah. is 30 bob wow you know 10 bob a bunch wow you, you can eat for 50 bob yeah and if you get samaki wa kukauka you know yeah for 20 bob Yeah, enough. Yeah, and got enough for Nazi if that's your thing as well. That you, is true. You know, yeah. with 100 bob. And then I love seafood as well, bro. So that was I, I haven't started telling guys how much seafood I'm eating, man. It's like for real every food I see I eat. Utapona. Utapona. No. I have to do this again. It's like for real every food I see I eat. <laughs> <laughs> meant to that um going back to your question yeah my piece of advice man one of the things i've learned is learn what your enough is what is enough for money oh i meant to that learn what your enough is i've been having this conversation of late like this this is the first thing that it's the first time in my life i've thought don't just accumulate 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 like there's actually enough there can be enough enough so that's one thing learn what your enough is what is enough how many t-shirts do you need how many you know it's things like that you know where you, I, i think i live a lot more sensibly and 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 i will this is the advice i was given as well enjoy listening to the waves and and then every and then I, when it's windy someone said enjoy listening to the waves and the wind mm. and then i think everything else will fall into place however it falls into place i agree with that man so back to my question how are you today i'm better and and this this is this has been very very therapeutic for me thank you oh come on This has been very very therapeutic for me. Um, I'm, I'm better. Sharing. I feel lighter. I feel hopeful. That's a good thing, bro. I feel hopeful. So, I want guys to get to need a story, man. People need to catch up with your last 60 how many episodes? I think we're at 60 maybe 63 or 64, I think. All right. So, tell guys where they can find your neck your your podcast um you can find me story on uh, wherever you choose to get your podcast from oh, whatever yeah. platform mm-hmm. um but also if you're not into that space we are on SoundCloud nice and also we have happened to just like you bro we're on Nation Audio yeah oh yeah that's true hey big yeah, up yeah yeah hey so. guys go to the Nation Audio it's it's a website right yeah yeah and so then thank you, you listen to that yeah, sorry th- they haven't to given me the details <laughs> what's up bro um uh, Thank you Afripods as well. Yeah, Afripods. Thank you. Radoni, you've been awesome on mm. doing this. Um uh, I have a question for you, man. Yeah. Um Are you going to write something we can we, we can read soon? Um I want to write about writing for people who are paying you. I I want to write about this COVID experience. Okay. Um I want to write that. Um I also want to write about my experience as a queer man and looking at masculinity and and, and how that and how that how that 
how that happens between being African and being queer, because that's another thing. When you ask me, who who am I? I'm a proud queer man, a proud African queer man. So I want to hold you to that. When can we read that? Soon. Give me a date, brah. Brah. I mean, I'm listening to the waves. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I don't know what you're listening to. We're listening to the waves. Ha. Kevin Machiro, thanks, man. Thank you, man. I appreciate your time, your candor, your honesty. And I wish you good health, long life, and may you prosper. Ashkurupia. Now we're here.